following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, there we go. This is Ugly Phil. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. Get ready for the big freeze, and I'm not going to be the boy that cried brass monkeys, but apparently the coldest weather in the history of mankind is coming our way. So chop some wood and get ready. In fact, we've got something else coming our way. We'll talk to Yannick about this. If you want to get on the Twitter, we're at the Rubber Room AU on Facebook. It's MMM Rubber Room. And get on there and look at uh, Sammy X's stylish 360-degree photo in the lift with Stonefield which is worth it in itself. All right, so I warned you about the upcoming freeze, but did I warn you about the impending zombie apocalypse? Because Yannick's on the phone in the UK, and he's built the zombie bicycle. One, two, three, they're gonna run after me. They always take a bite, but they never say please. Zombies! What's the zombie bike got on it, Yannick? What hasn't it got on it? It's got a chainsaw, a splatter shield to protect the rider from the guts and the gore and the blood yeah, of course. Uh, that you're going to get when you chop a zombie in half. It's got a, a hatchet, like an axe thing, for if the chainsaw fails. It's got a flamethrower. Fantastic. It's got a smoke grenade. I think that's it. Yeah, that sounds it's like just about enough to be able to cycle up a hill. It's got a fence on it as well. It's got some a styling on the side which is supposed to be like a broken fence and I don't even know why I put that on there but it just looked right it looked like something that you might see in a zombie film although it does bring me again back to my original question how hard is it going to be to ride this up a hill because there's a lot of things on there it's not easy to ride in any sense actually it's quite a hard bike to ride but the rationale is that it's about making a stand isn't it the apocalypse has happened you've oh, got yeah. a zombie horde in front of you and you've got to make a stand so it's not about fleeing necessarily although the other thing about the zombie is that they're very slow moving creatures i mean all they have at top speed is a lumber so if you're going up a hill you can probably out cycle them anyway that's true that's a good point point. and going downhill well that's a whole other world it excels at going downhill with all that additional weight do you think you left anything off i'm open to ideas i don't know that i left anything off no uh, i'm not being that smart ass by the way that goes yeah but you know because <laughs> i think you covered yeah. all the bases however you know with the benefit of hindsight if all of a sudden you've lost a leg you go could have had that covered if I'd had X implement. Actually, I like that. How about a first aid kit that's got tourniquets in it? Yes. Now, in the unlikely event, and I use those words loosely because between you and me, we know it's actually probably a very likely event of a zombie holocaust. But, you know, you've got to keep people from panicking. I mean, we all remember Olsen Wells and that bloody broadcast, right? Yeah. With the oil shortage that's going to happen immediately after the zombie apocalypse, the bicycle is the only way out of town. That's it. This is exactly where I started in the whole thing. I'd seen online some zombie cars, so they were 4 by 4s that were bristling with guns and, and armour and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, well, where are they going to get the diesel from? Dental pliers, because a lot of these new zombies have got these razor-sharp teeth. What does that do? Break the will of the, the It stops you getting bitten. You, oh, it stops you getting bitten. Yeah, right, I've got you. I thought chop it in half with the chainsaw. Get rid of the head and the body can't chew. <laughs> 
like it. The only bad thing about this is people can't buy this bicycle. I would hope that people would just be inspired by it. The thing is to start building today. There's no, once it's happened, it's too late. You've got to start with an old bicycle. I'm prepared to share the design with the world. Let's talk again yes, when same. we hear the scratching of broken fingernails on the back door. It's a deal. As the years went by and the child grew to maturity, he found himself possessed of amazing physical power. Now that's a face for radio. And now, the rubber room. Triple M. A couple of amazing things I want to tell you. Well, actually, one thing, really, that I want to tell you. And you know I love amazing things. Yesterday was 7-Eleven's birthday. Now, I don't know how far back it goes. Did you hear about this, Sunny X? I think yesterday was like 80 years old or something like I that. I didn't know that. Right, That's amazing. Okay. It is incredible. So we've got a little happy birthday 7-Eleven song that we wrote. There's a lady who goes to the store that won't close And she's shopping at 7-Eleven All right, here's the thing, right? This is what got me. You ready for this? Are you sitting down? Don't operate heavy machinery. Because it's the 11th of July, but the Americans turn the dates back to front, right? So they go with the month and then the day. Do you know what day it was yesterday, the birthday of 7-11, according to the American calendar? I think I can guess. Yep. Is it 7-11? 7-11. Hey, hence the name. It all makes sense It does, and you know I love amazing facts like that. In fact, I'm about to open up the phone on 13353. If you've got an amazing fact, I live for that. What have you got? Okay, so mine's a Pokemon Go fact because everyone's talking about it. Yeah. So despite only being released in the US on July the 6th, by July 7th, Pokemon Go was on more phones than Tinder. Get the f*** out of here. Do you like that? Like it? I want to take it home and meet my mother. One triple three five three. So there it is. What amazing fact have you got? Grant, how are you? What do you got? Not too bad. I've got a fact for you. Yeah, I want to hear it. Uh, you're actually wrong about 7-Eleven. It didn't get its name from the day it opened. Oh, no. Kill my name. dream, why don't you? How did it get its name? You should be right in the first place and I wouldn't have to kill it. Okay, go on. It got its name from... It used to open at 7am and close at 11pm. Get the f*** out of here! But I can't, I'm driving. Well, if you pop and buy 7-Eleven, can you get me a Slurpee? I will definitely do that. Scott! The eyeball is the same size when you're born as when you die. Get the, the out of here! I kid you not. So, unlike your ears, which never stop growing, your eyeball never does. Your eyeball is the same size as you're born when you die. It's a shame my testicles couldn't have joined in. <laughs> Hello, Deb! Well, 7-Eleven, um, amazing facts, 19 years ago my son was born. Get the f*** out of here! True. Did you call him 7-Eleven? No. Bob! Mate, your mind cannot land on a fraction of the moon. It must land on a decimal point because the fraction's too big. Get the f*** out of here. Oh, yeah, mate. I had a dude in Nimbin told me this story once. Somebody told you in Nimbin? Well, that makes absolute sense. Oh, of course, mate. His name was Tyrone, mate. I believe him fully. Oh, Tyrone! I tell him I haven't forgot that 20 bucks I owe him. <laughs> yeah, I bet you it was more than 20, big fella. Hang on. Hang on a cotton-picking second. 
Emily, what's the dilly? I just wanted to say the guy that rang before uh, about the eyeballs um, when when you're born, they're actually not the same size when you're an adult as, as you are when you're a baby. Have we got a fact off? Yeah, so it's definitely not true. Get the f- out of here. I just knew it wasn't true and he was adamant that it was so I just thought I'd ring in and say it wasn't. Well thank you so much for putting that straight because you know what I would have gone to the pub and said that to someone probably a bikey (laughs) because I can't distinguish when I'm drunk between leather and denim and he would have punched me in the face. (laughs) That's true. Alright thank you for your time. Great show. Triple M's Go to the Rubber Room Facebook page and you can check out the photo of the girls from Stonefield in the lift. Very creative. Martin Hodges has been hanging out for it. James Pollan as well. And Matt Gerrard and Shane Broughton. So, Mr. Inappropriate, could you please do the introduction? Stonefield? You jazzing me, man? Field, park, beach, on a hill. Ain't no place I ain't tripped the fan and go wacky dude. Really? Here's Stonefield in the Rubber Room. Great to have you back in the rub room. And by the way, well done with the Fleetwood Mac tour as well. I'm glad that finally happened. Yeah, thankfully they rescheduled and came out and we still got to play with them. Pretty amazing experience. Insane, like, to see them let alone play with them it was yeah. amazing like they're a band that yeah we grew up listening to still so amazing I literally cried when I saw yeah. them which is like, unusual <laughs> really? for me I would yeah. have been like I don't want to talk to you because it'll spoil the illusion of how great you are you know, you know yeah. that would have been me but anyway also you did South by Southwest Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else has been happening? Well, I guess mostly a lot of writing, developing our songwriting skills, really. We've yeah. spent a lot of time doing that and kind of didn't tour as much as we kind of did in the earlier days, which is um, kind of sad because we love touring, but it, I think it was really important to dedicate time to developing our writing, which sure. I think it did. I think we've come a long way, so it's pretty exciting to get this new album out. Especially listening to the first demos of the songs to where they are now. It was worth it. Yeah, for sure. And it was nice to have so many songs to pick from. It made it difficult to pick. And having done that now and playing the ballads on stage and seeing how that's received by the audience, are you thinking, oh, I could have done this ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> this on the last album. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I notice a lot of one word, in fact, aren't they all one word song titles on yeah. the album? Right, okay. Is that just an accident? That was an intentional decision. It kind of happened because a lot of the songs were still working titles when we were in the studio. I don't know, it just kind of made sense to have sort of like statement words that kind of more directly represent the album. And yeah, we just thought it would be like a fun thing to do. The new album for Stonefield's called As Above, So Below, and that's out on Friday. And you guys worked with... um Cram from Spyblade as well. He's a cool guy. Such a sweetie. We became really, really good friends. We haven't seen him in ages and I really miss him. He's such a cool guy. Like, we just had the best time jamming, writing songs, developing the songs that we had, and then we just always end up, like, sitting around the kitchen table. Eating, yeah, every like, night after we'd, avocado, like, finished recording. Avocado <laughs> oh, yeah. and cruskets yeah. and just, like, chatting about life. When he was writing and helping you write the songs, did he lead you in the direction that he thought the song should go? It kind of depended on the song. It was a bit of both, really. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the main thing that was great about him was that we tend to sit on songs for a long time yeah. and just kind of stew over them and not move on, whereas he is very much like, that idea came out, let Let's finish that and then let's move on. We sort of tend to overthink things. Yeah. And we're like, oh, is, should we develop this? Like, yeah, let's give it a go. Then spend way too much time on it. 
and you kind of lose momentum and lose perspective yeah. and he's just kind of like, right, let's finish it. The album's out on Friday, As Above, So Below. You're listening to the Rubber Room Podcast. You can listen to us weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on Triple M. So I was out in the cabs on Friday night with the microphone to get from some taxi drivers some taxi cab confessions. What's your name, buddy? I'm John. So what happened? Picked up this uh, young couple, you know, the overly affectionate, that sort of thing. Right, in the back seat? Yeah. Right. And you know, I've had worse happen in the back seat, but this was, this was up there. Yeah, right. Anyway, I drop them off, and then I take off for the next fare. I hear this ringing in the back seat, you know? Like, I, I realise they've left their phone in the back seat. Right. And so I pick it up, you know, answer it, and it's this woman. Yeah. I was like, oh, you know, she's left her phone in the back seat. So I'm like, oh, hey, we, is this the, you know, the chick you were just in the back seat with the bloke getting all, you know, touchy-feely? Oh, you said that? Well, yeah, yeah, I thought it was the woman. But right. turns out uh, she, she's actually the wife of the guy that was in the back seat. And no, uh, she goes, this is his wife. Oh, no. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, it was the, yeah, the, of course. the mistress. Yeah. <laughs> And no, uh, this was this is the old mate's wife calling to check up on him. So what did you say after that? Oh mate, I just I just hung up. I pretended I had no service. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I took it to the lost and found. I want, I want no part in it. You know. <laughs> Taxi cab confessions in the rubber room. Gaza with some medical news. Yeah, new studies found that if you drink coffee after you've gone to a really loud concert or a gig, it can negatively affect the ear's ability to recover from both the loud concert and I guess the uh, caffeine kicks in your adrenaline. So uh, your ears are going to be in a lot of trouble, basically. Do you know who they did this test on, though? Some female albino guinea pigs, my friend. Yes, I know. Because if you want to find something akin to a person that goes to a gig female albino guinea pig would be exactly the same, right? That's right. So after they gave the guinea pigs caffeine and loud noises, the ones that they gave caffeine to really recovered their hearing at a much slower rate than their buddies who only heard just sound and mm. no caffeine. Do you know what I've got for you? What? Combination of coffee and metal. Two of my favourite things. Except after loud gigs, of course. Hey, Paul, how are you? I'm well, Phil. How's yourself? What's going on? Happy Tuesday to you. And to you, my friend. Thank you. Um, that metal coffee song, uh, that's, a li- that's a little ripper. What's it, what's it called? It's about 45 seconds long. It's called Cup of Joe from Anthrax. Oh, uh, it's Anthrax? Yes. Oh, wow. There you go. I didn't know. It sounded good, didn't it? It does. It's fantastic. If you're not too busy with the Pokemon Go, which what the world really needs now is a whole bunch of people walking through the mall and down the main streets looking at their screen because they're doing Pokemon. I don't get it, but there's an amazing statistic if you missed it. Despite only being released on July the 6th in the US, by July 7th, Pokemon Go was on more phones than the Tinder app. That's incredible. So, and how many countries, like three countries or something that was released on? Yeah, so it wasn't released all over the world all at once. Wow. Well, that's what we need in the world right now. 
So let's see where we're at with the Pokemon Go update. I got Dave on the phone from the Royals. This is the first Pokemon job availability, as far as I'm aware. I'm sorry, I'm not that familiar with the whole terminology, Dave. Oh, and I think you're, you're one of the few out there who don't know anything about it, so I think that's something to be proud of. When you see the amount of people walking through the city looking at their phones, you'd like to buy into the zeitgeist. You're after, an, excuse me if I say this wrong, you want an oddish? Well, you know, the oddish is uh, one of my favourites from my childhood, so if anyone can help me uh, find one, I don't have to leave my desk. Um, that really suits uh, my situation, which is basically... I'm 44, there's something happening out there which is Pokemon hunting. I don't want to have to do it myself if I can delegate that kind of thing and still be part of it. I'm open to applications from an intern who's willing to do the hard yards for me. Right, so they take your second phone out because it's very important that you've got more than one phone if you're chasing Pokemon. Absolutely. Well, you know, I don't want to lend them my own phone. No. I don't know what kind of mischief they'll get up to. Exactly. But, um, they're willing to do the hard yards and, and head out with my second phone. And, yeah, we can chat about that. Um, I, I'm not going to be paying them at all. I, I don't want to put that on the table. It's not a paid gig, but I think the satisfaction of working for me will be, um, you know, reward enough. Would it be fair to say that helping find the Pokemon would be good for their development? I think so. I yeah. think that's a really good way to phrase it, Phil. I think, you know, it's a win-win. They get to, you know, see the city and, you know, exercise a bit, stretch their muscles, test out their curiosity. Um, and they get feedback from me at the end of the day about their performance, which I think, you know, anyone would find valuable. I think it's a great idea. And you know, tomorrow morning when you wake up at five past three, bolt upright in your bed and go, oh, what the hell was I thinking? Absolutely. No, I'll remember that when I sit up. <laughs> Good to talk to you, Dave. Go to the Rubber Room Facebook page, by the way, and you'll be able to find details about that job should you desire the, I don't know, desire to apply for it. Yeah, we've got a Pokemon song as well. I've got a girl who likes to Pokemon Go. That's it. The Stiffies. That's the name of the band. I saw her Pokedex and she's got 80 more. The Pokemon Go song. And you can find that if you go to triplem.com.au. How are you, Jared? What are you up to? Not much. I'm, I'm here to help the guy with his oddish problem. You want the gig? Well, I can help him where to find them. Right. Yeah, they're in any grassy paddocks, like any parks or anything, but um, there are a whole bunch in Hawkesbury. Really? And what are they doing there? They're being Pokemon. Right. I mean, I'm going to ask you stupid questions, right? Yeah, it's all right. I've been playing Pokemon competitively since I was young. Um, really? Yeah. Are you a Poco champ? Not a champ. Um, I have ranked, though, for Australia. Get the f*** out of here. Yeah. And when's the next championship? Um, it's already being played at the moment, so... Well, Jared, we're going to keep your details, man, because there's a lot of questions that people are going to ask. Maybe you can help them out with, yeah? Yep. Put you back to Sammy X. I'm thinking here... Work with me, right, on the air, workshop. Think of it as the meeting, but without lots of people sitting on your desk. Okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we get him in and he can, like, do a segment with people asking questions about Pokemon. What kind of questions would they have? I have no idea because I don't know what the hell it is. Where can you find one or something like that? Would people ask that? No, because it shows you on the screen, like, where they are. Forget that idea, then. 
Would there be any questions he could answer? He could um, maybe could he talk us, about the different characters. Could he, could he make us a coffee? He could talk about the gyms. I know that's a thing. Could he go and get us some pizza? Yeah, we should definitely get him in. Our good mate, radio commentator, Rachel Corbett is here. Mate, I want to talk to you about this Welsh soccer player. Now, his team was in the semi-finals of Euro, but on the exactly same day, on the exact same day, his brother was getting married. So instead of going to the wedding, the parents went to the match. How do you feel? I'm always amazed when people kick up a stink about this kind of stuff because, if, and perhaps I'm a bit anti-female in this regard, but weddings to me, I mean, if I have an opportunity to miss one, I miss it. Fair enough. Even if it's my kid, if I can get out of a wedding, (laughs) I would happily do it. I just find weddings the most boring, irritating things to attend. So I get it. It's a big deal. It's like, wasn't it the first time in 60 years that Wales got into the Euros? Yeah. So, you know, that's a one in 60 year chance. With divorce the rate it is, you've got to say (laughs) this kid. You've really killed this wedding before it even started anyway. Look, it's going to end in divorce. This may be, you know, like a draw, but it's still a competitive match. That's it. This kid is potentially, according to the statistics, maybe going to have another one in his lifetime. So the parents, I reckon, have just played smart maths and thought, well, Wales, one time in 60 years, we'll go to that, as opposed to we'll probably have two weddings in the next 60 years, so we'll, we'll, we'll miss the first one. Do you think they had that conversation with Wedding Son? Do you think they said, look, okay, he's in the final, he may lose, but we predict the odds are against you losing in this wedding anyway, so we're going to put our money on the son and the football. We've got your wedding present. The thing that I reckon about Wedding Son is that he would have understood where the parents come from because he, the small part of the information that you'll find down in the depths of the article is that before his wedding, he spent the entire month travelling and following the football team in France. Oh, yeah, he was a fan. He took a whole month off work. Yeah. So that's your true dedicated fan. That's somebody, if your parents are going to come to anybody and say, mate, we've got to go to the football, that is somebody who is going to understand. So really, he was being selfish by getting married in the first place when there was a competitive football game on. I think he obviously didn't know because I reckon if there had been one place that he would have rather been, it would have been at the football. But <laughs> he should have gone too. Exactly. He could have Skyped in the I do. Exactly. All right, let's open the phone on this on one triple three five three. Did the parents do the right thing by going to watch the son play football in the semi-final or should they have gone to the wedding? Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for coming in. I'm going to say the parents should have gone to the soccer. Sammy X? To the soccer. Yeah, I think so. And I think everyone's going to... Well, maybe someone will argue it. One triple three five three. Should the parents have gone to the wedding or the football? Tony, what do you think? What sort of a idiot goes and organises his wedding during a season and his brother is in the national football team? Yeah, I can hear that. But they weren't expecting Wales to actually get as far as it had. And I guess the weddings being what they are, the thing would have been organised probably years in advance. The thing is... You're never going to make the final. Yes, but how do you reckon the wife in this would have felt with the parents going to the soccer game? Because she would have shrugged and gone, oh, it's okay. But deep down, we know that these things have a tendency to germinate. At least the parents don't show up. They go, you know, the, the new wife might be sitting there going, hey, at least. 
he's not the favourite. But the wife would want the son to be the favourite because that's what, you know, women do. They always want, if there's siblings, they always want their husband to be the favourite of the boys in the family. Yeah, well, at least mum won't be around his place all the time. Yeah, well, at least someone yeah. scored anyway, right? Yeah, well, that's it. How are you, James? What do you reckon? Should the parents have gone to the soccer or the wedding? They should have gone to the wedding, for sure. Right. Do you think there's a possibility that this is going to come back on them via the bride through the groom? Oh, well, who knows? It could. It could just be that uh, family reunion when they come back. Yeah, exactly. Especially seeing as Wales didn't actually win in the end. Yeah, I know. They got smashed anyway, so who cares? It's going to be awkward. You may find this a bit disturbing. He held me. Go!